Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love The Real Housewives. I'm your host, Connor Bean, and you're very welcome back for another brand new episode. I'm so excited for you to join me for this week's episode. Uh, you may have seen recently that I was a, I guess, I want to say, I was featured in a piece for British outlet The Eye Paper, where I spoke about this season of Real Housewives in Salt Lake City. It was such a fun piece written by journalists called Lauren O'Neill, who has written for Vice, The Guardian, and of course works for the iPaper as well. When I was speaking to Lauren for the piece, we just had a really fun conversation about Salt Lake City and Housewives in general. And on the day that I was chatting to her for her article, I was just like, oh my God, you need to come on the podcast. This is so much fun. So here we are. Also, we spoke just as a reunion was kind of wrapping up and I just felt like there has been so much chat about Salt Lake City online, like in the piece that Lauren wrote as well, and just amongst Housewives fans. And it's been a bit of an up and down road. So I thought now is the time to do a bit of a post-mortem on Salt Lake City season two, what we'd like to see in season three. So we kind of delve into Salt Lake City in a deeper way than we have in a while on this podcast in terms of time spent talking about it. And I spoke to Lauren about her viewing habits with Beverly Hills in New York as well. Speaking of New York, I know that a lot of big roundy news has come out in the last few days. Um, So I don't want to talk about it here in the intro and make this intro very long. So what I am going to do is give you an extra episode this week. I'm going to be chatting to Jen Gannon about the roundy news, about the fact that there's going to be a reboot of the main show and a spinoff with legacy cast members. It is eye-popping, surprising news. I'm so fascinated by the decision. I have such strong feelings about it and I want to delve into it with someone who I know will have strong feelings as well. You are listening to this episode on a Tuesday. My plan is to have the episode with Jen out on Wednesday this week. If that changes, please keep an eye on at Housewives and Me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram and my social media. It's Connor Bean and I'll update you on if there's any changes. But the plan is to have that episode out on Wednesday so you'll get kind of an episode and a half of Housewives and Me this week, which I mean, there you go. Consider it an end of March gift from me to you. But for now, I'm so excited for you to hear this interview. Here is Lauren O'Neill on Housewives and Me. My guest today is a writer who's got articles published in Vice, Guardian, The Fader, and of course for the iPaper as well. Lauren O'Neill, you're very welcome to Housewives and Me. I'm so flattered. I can't believe it. I wish I had my own tagline to introduce myself with. I don't know what to say. We'll get to that. Like... <laughs> That'll be later. <laughs> don't worry. We'll build to that. There's okay. been a bit of time to work on the tagline. <laughs> okay. I'm making notes as we speak. We'll get there. You did just write a really interesting piece for the iPaper about kind of season two of Salt Lake City and its sort of reach in Ireland and the UK. So I think today we're going to kind of do like a Salt Lake City postmortem because it's been on for six months and I feel like it has taken over our lives sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. So we'll get into that. Yeah. But um, before we do that, I'm just curious, like I ask every guest at the start of an interview, how did you get into Real Housewives? I mean, it's actually interesting because in the piece uh, that I just wrote, so as you say, I just had a piece, a feature um, for the iPaper in the UK. It's available uh, online for everyone who's not in the UK. Um, yes, I wrote a piece about how Salt Lake City, for various reasons, kind of turned up at the exact right time for, you know, to kind of spark interest in housewives or to piggyback on sparked interest in housewives that had happened over the pandemic and for mm-hmm. me um it was a friend watched real housewives of beverly hills my best friend and she would not stop texting me she was like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen in my whole entire life like i knew obviously knew about housewives anyway um because you know of flicking through itvb and things like that um and i'd always wanted to watch it but it was just 
everyone says the same thing but it was the, the number of episodes was intimidating etc cetera, etc cetera. then I found myself with an absolute black hole of nothing to do in the pandemic just like mm-hmm. truly sitting on the couch every day watching my life flash before my eyes as I would just like <laughs> watch various Netflix things from start to finish um and then yeah so um what I once I got into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills I basically didn't look back and would just watch hours and hours of it every day while I was knitting my blanket I haven't knitted a day in my life since I could go back out of the house (laughs) but (laughs) um during during um during lockdown I, I was a big knitter um not that I was particularly good at it but thankfully the knitting has subsided but the housewives has stayed with me so yes it was it was a bit of a pandemic thing that um continued continued on because obviously I couldn't let it go once I started once I'd been inducted into the world um and yeah Salt Lake City obviously came along that year 2020 the year I got in um to to a few of the shows Beverly Hills and New York and um yeah I just jumped on at the beginning because I thought it sounded like an amazing concept um like what a strange place to choose right um so yeah it's a kind of yeah. like not really any different to um it's, it's the same as a lot of people's stories who I chatted to for the piece um and also um the experts that I chatted to for the piece you were one of them you said that you observed a lot of people having the same experience basically which is that finally they had enough time on their hands and then finally they decided mm. right I'm diving in I'm going in head first definitely and I think I thought it was very interesting obviously I really enjoyed the piece I was very flattered that you Thank included you. me in it <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh my god I'm in amongst the greats uh, and you spoke to Brian Moylan who yes. people know is an American writer who is based in the UK so like knows this very American franchise inside out lives now in the UK it's was seeing the I guess the contrast I, I'm curious like how do you think Real Housewives in general compares with the kind of reality show formats that British audiences are very used to when you, I mean whether it be Love Island or even like a generation or generations who grew up on big brother yeah why why do you think it's caught on now when there's so much reality television that comes from the uk i actually think there's kind of an interesting answer to this which is that um well firstly the housewives format is just like unbelievable and you know so so funny and there's a personality on housewives for everyone because there's so many cities Mm. now um so that's a kind of straightforward answer but i actually think over you know the last maybe five years or so in the uk reality tv culture in the uk um has had a massive reckoning um Mm -hmm. whereby you know shows like love island have had to deal with the fact that they've been responsible for really really tragic events uh either directly or indirectly in people's lives Mm -hmm. um as we all know um and as a result the reality tv industry in the uk has changed it's pulled back a little bit it's you know the sorts of rows you would see on Big Brother, for example, um, years and years ago, you certainly wouldn't see those on TV really very much anymore. So in the most recent series of Love Island, that happened on one occasion. And the response from the audience was actually really shocked. And the fact people were saying they didn't want to see see that kind of thing. Um, whereas mm-hmm. I think on Housewives, um, there I don't know, at, at the same time, people say they don't want to see this kind of thing, but at the same time, they sort of do. Um, and so... I think on Housewives, there's because America has perhaps been like less touched by um, this sort of society rocking. Um, I don't know, as, as I call it, like a reckoning with reality television. Like they will still show some things on Real Housewives of the sort of like high octane nature that you definitely wouldn't see on a British reality show anymore, or, or that when you do, it feels shocking. Whereas on Housewives, it's bloody like, you know, 
it's par for the course on Salt Lake City every week for about a month towards the end of the season. It was getting crazier and crazier every week. The arguments were becoming mm. more and more um, wild. And because of the way that it's sort of edited and the, the way that the shows are put together in the format, even though these like really wild rows are happening, it feels quite cosy still because it's like, you know, the, all the music that you're familiar with is there. And, you know, mm. people, <laughs> uh, I don't know, the, there's bits of like levity that are given, you know, someone will do like a funny facial expression and the editing is so, uh, you know, well-oiled to make a product that is, you know, this sort of, is in the, at the end of the day, it's a Housewives episode and yes, yeah, something shocking might have happened within it, but really it's something to gossip about rather than to like make you worry about the state of society. And that's ha- because of how the show's presented, I think. Um, and I think basically UK audiences just, they still want the drama, but they kind of want to know that it's sort of safe and endorsed to accept the drama, if that makes sense. Whereas on like, yeah. you know, uh, some more of the homegrown reality shows, that's definitely not the case and has rightly um, been flagged but it just doesn't really feel like there's the same conversation happening around American reality TV at all. It's interesting you say that about the reckoning and obviously with Love Island there's been conversation with people you know like you know suicide and that kind of thing mm. and the conversation about even hosts of the show and that kind of stuff yeah. and it's interesting because there have been there was of course season two of Beverly Hills and the conversation with Taylor and Russell and yeah I remember in the US that was a big scandal about how they might pull the whole season and they ended up airing it because they argued kind of well actually it's this story and it shows Taylor's eventual mm. uh, you know getting you know realization she's in a bad situation etc but broadly speaking there doesn't seem to have been the same culture wrecking in the US about it or if it has it's been I think perhaps around racial lines a little bit in 2020, there was a big conversation about yeah. casting and, and consequences for behavior, which actually ironically has, I think, impacted Salt Lake City this year. Hugely, yeah. things are handled with Jenny's social posts. But yeah, is it, and also, is there something to the fact that like for audiences in the UK and in Ireland that, and I think this is why I've always been on the American reality TV buzz more than shows closer to home is there does feel like there's a bit of a remove sometimes. We can kind of go, oh, that's what Americans are like, even though you could argue any of us would be that trashy if we were having a few drinks and on camera, etc. Oh my God, no, totally. And also there's the the fact that Housewives has such a storied history that women who are going on Housewives know that they're there to be Housewives as well. And so it sort of feels like there's this sort of safety where everyone knows what they're there for from the cast members to, you know, the people watching, if that makes sense. I think we all know that mm-hmm. what we're here for Housewives and they're here to do Housewives and we're here to watch Housewives and, you know, whatever that may be kind of thing. Also, I think... It's always very interesting watching old episodes and even the shows playing out now because there is a total ecosystem in the US now of Instagram accounts and they'll do Entertainment Tonight interviews or they'll pop up maybe on like Watch Happens Live, which is obviously tied to the network. Mm. But like there's something about the way British tabloid press and online press talks about Love Island, which feels far more intense than... Maybe it's because Love Island, just when you break down the viewing figures per capita or whatever, is a bigger show. Mm. But Housewives feels like as much as they have a lot of heat on them, like not everybody talks about them. Whereas I think with the big British reality shows that are on ITV, etc., like it just get, you get the sense that when they're on, the people involved in them are under such an intense microscope where everyone is obsessed with them. Yeah, it's definitely with with Housewives, it's far less concentrated because their seasons are so long, and you know yeah. you have to be invested. If you're going to watch Housewives, you're like strapping in for like four to six months for a season um, altogether. So um, I think 
you know, that's part of it. Whereas Love Island is on TV for what, two months? Um, And, you know, they're on every day. Housewives is on once a week. Sometimes they have gap one, Mm -hmm. two weeks, uh, three weeks sometimes. Um, And also they get to, well, they do this in Love Island too, but there's always the expectation of a reunion where everyone is like allowed to explain themselves and show themselves maybe in a light that they feel is more accurate or whatever um, than the edit gave them. Um, And so, yeah, I do think, I think that, um, I think, with Love Island, there is there is a lot of pressure. And, and I know that the housewives get written about in the tabloids too, but it's definitely not as intense. It's not this like, unless you're someone like Erica Jane going through the situation that she's going through right now, like you're not mm-hmm. being reported on day in, day out, unless like, you know, you're, you're big news because of something untoward that's happened like in your life or whatever. Um, so I definitely think, I think, I think there's, there's, there's a lot to it, but um, it seems like, it's probably to do with the fact that Love Island, they come from sort of nowhere and they're just thrown into this thing that everyone has access to every single day. Whereas Housewives, you know, it's sort of just kind of more steady. They know what they're signing up for. They're sort of, they're cast members rather than contestants sort of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. And also, I, I mean, it's not always the case with Housewives, but they do tend to cast slightly, gen- like the stereotype will be slightly older women with a degree of wealth or, uh, you know, a household situation where there's mm. money around or they've come from money or sometimes they're already famous. So like, and also from what we've read and, and has been revealed over the last few years, the casting process is very involved the housewives and you can often film a whole season and then find out you're not even full yeah. time. So like, you're right. I think com- even just competition reality versus what are effectively real life soap operas mm. we watch once a week for six months, there's a different vibe. But it's definitely a viewing habit thing. And I mean, as someone who's been on the buzz of the shows for like over a decade, <laughs> I've been so curious just to see how people's viewing habits change, yeah. including say yourself binging and stuff. So let's discuss then Salt Lake City. As I said, this is sort of a postmortem. Yes. Because it just feels like it's just been everywhere. And like this season has had highs and lows. Like I'm sort of in, I kind of have mixed emotions about season two now that we've gotten through it. There's been this, I've noticed a bit of a shift in the online feeling towards it now where people came in going oh my god it's gonna be the season we're gonna find out about the arrest and now we're a bit like it went on too long they're all fighting about stuff i don't understand it's gone too far i mean i'm curious for you having just written about it having watched it what is your overall impression of season two of salt lake city i loved it because what i'm here for is to see people just going for it and just like kind of try the the thing the thing with Salt Lake City and with a season two is that the women are you know obviously these days they're they know what they're getting into when they're doing Housewives but this is still a new show and these women are still butting heads and vying for you know who is going to be the star and (laughs) I think what we've seen in season two is that like a lot of people tried it and most people didn't really succeed. I think like people who looked bad during the season. So for example, like I thought Meredith looked quite bad at points during the season, but she came off like quite vindicated in the end um, Mm. from the reunions and Lisa the other way around. Like I really didn't get on with Lisa um, for season one. Like I found her just quite irritating. I didn't like watching her, but for season two, you know, she was extremely entertaining at points. Like there was just some, even like the points when she was, she'd done stuff that was wrong. It was really funny to watch. Like, so for example, during casino night, when she was confronted over the caterers and she was crying going, I'm heartbroken right now. 
um, which is like one of my favorite I'm shutting down yeah I'm, my favorite was I'm shutting down right now I'm yeah shutting down. literally me when the choice I want from the work canteen isn't there like I'm heartbroken right now um I say it to my friends all the time I love it um but yeah so I I think but, but then I thought she came across absolutely horrendous at the end of by the end of the the um the reunions however I will say um that her defense for what she said about Meredith which is that Meredith had been rude about her home renovation is one of the funniest things I might have ever heard in my whole life <laughs> her earnest being like hey Mer um I heard you were saying something about my house and I, I was just so angry and it's like and then for Meredith to be like so you destroyed my character wow I was just like it's I mean that's where they do kind of reel you back in because it has felt like at times watching the second season that the women may actually all just hate each yeah, other yeah certainly you get these flashes of, well, actually, no, there is established relationships here and you do sort of want to see either resolution or repair, but you want to see where it's going to go between two friends of 10 years when they've, I mean, there's a little bit, they sort of acknowledge it, but there is this idea that their relationship is fractured because they're on a show. Yeah. And so you kind of want to see if they can repair it. And it did seem in the reunion that they were, Lisa and Meredith were orbiting each other again. Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I think really like the only relationship to me that is actually genuine and isn't about these people being thrown together on the show is just like Heather and Whitney and that's because they're literally related um and like um they always they just seem quite natural around each other and I like watching scenes with the two of them together because it doesn't feel like either one is trying to win in those scenarios or like trying to be the funniest or trying to like because that can like often be a problem with Whitney like I love her like I think she's a star and I find her um rehearsedness like she doesn't need to do it because she she's so great anyway. And I think in those scenes with yeah. Heather, she has her most like relaxed moments that I really enjoy her in. Um, but yeah, I do get the sense that like really they don't like each other very much at all. Um, especially, especially uh, one of the things that really shocked me about the reunion was how hard Heather went in on Lisa because I really thought that was water under the bridge at this point. But for the first two episodes, I was so shocked. It's funny you say that because I was thinking about the show and in a way Meredith and Heather at different points have felt like the audience is on their side or they're the relatable ones particularly in Heather's case because she's got she's sharing a very personal story about leaving a religion Mm. and family stuff but by the same token particularly Heather who I broadly speaking like there at times I think she can be quite villainous her her digs at Lisa Barlow go from okay I get it Lisa's a mean girl she kind of is asking for a little bit of pushback Mm. but Heather will turn the knife in a way that makes me question sometimes if she is as warm as we want to believe she is. Yeah, especially, and it happened in the season one reunion and it's happened in this reunion. And yeah. uh, this is, again, I really enjoy watching Heather. I think like she's really naturally funny. Like one of the one of the most naturally funny people on the show. And like gen- generally like seems like a nice person. And I've enjoyed her storyline that's kind of been getting shit on a bit um by people who like want the drama but I've enjoyed watching her sort of deal with her family and the church and everything um Mm -hmm. but yeah like I was just so shocked because the beginning of the reunion it seemed like she just like came in like gunning for Lisa once again when it seemed like they had left the season friendly enough I don't know it was it was strange and even when they said that in the third part and and Andy was like I thought you guys are good Mm. and Lisa's like yeah we are (laughs) (laughs) but Heather just spent like um, what I'm sure was eight out of the 12 hours they filmed just berating her it's it's hard isn't I think that's the slightly artificial side Mm. of what they're being asked to do of like 
you might go into that setting good with someone, but they might ask you to relitigate something that pissed you off for three or four months at a time. Well, so you yeah. have to kind of roll back into I actually fucking hate you for this. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I um did really enjoy the reunions though. I thought that um I kind of oh, you know, one thing that has puzzled me so much about this season and they just keep like they keep mentioning it and then like shoving it away is just all this like infidelity stuff. Um and Andy like asked a couple of questions about it, but it seemed it I don't know, it kept getting brought up like as if it was like obviously Meredith has been quote unquote threatening everyone and kind of admitted to threatening everyone, which is very funny, about these sort of like things that she supposedly knows about everyone. Um but I did sort of wonder like where that was going or whether it was going to come back up again and it just seems to have been like shoved shoved away um because no one particularly wants to talk about it and again I think that speaks to the artificial side of it whereby they're like I they're, they're kind of not talking about real life in a, in a way they're talking about uh their conflicts that arise from doing the show and the things that when it gets a bit too real are the things where they kind of will just like turn away from it and I think that's where Lisa fucked up basically which is that she like allowed herself to like talk on the show in quite a like heated way about the real life stuff that you're not meant to mention on the show there's like a gentlewoman's mm. agreement that you don't talk about those things but yet yeah, she did she raised them the stuff about Seth's job and about their like infidelities and stuff like that and my favorite line and her fucking family and her kids that pose uh, yeah her family that poses my friend like my friend daisy we say that to each other all the time the it's poses. so funny i will have to i do have to say like the the my favorite the, the rant is like surely like in the hall of fame like housewives law surely but like i, think, I, I will yeah, also yeah. say that the thing that is so that makes it amazing is that so she's you you hear all this from behind the door right um, and she's just, and also like, obviously her voice just goes so low. It's like, she's possessed yeah. by a demon or something like that. It's amazing. Um, like, um, but the fact that she then, when she does emerge from outside the door, she's wearing the insane outfit of jeans and a bra. And I just I think like that is the uniform of a woman unhinged. A woman's so angry. She's had to throw her top off in a rage because <laughs> she, she truly rip her cannot, mic pack off. Cope. Yeah. And then throw it. But this is the thing. Like they, they, they did all point out like she knew she had it on you know I don't know I sure I mean sure I don't think she meant to say all that stuff on camera but I also feel like if she knew she was wearing the mic then I don't know she couldn't really say to them that they did the wrong thing by putting it in because it's all fair game they know that yes and I think this is something that a lot of the shows have grappled with like the kind of well you're here to film this and the cameras around you're still mic'd up so we're gonna we will probably use some of it and I think sometimes they feel like if the camera's not in my face or orbiting yeah. around me I have a bit of grace here but like we've seen it time and time again like people having whisper conversations in the bathroom or I'm, I'm thinking of the Atlanta episode last year where they had the strippers and they all got drunk and, and hung out mm. and probably all went down each other after or something. And we saw <laughs> flashes of it on camera and there was a bit of like, should they have shown this? Should they have not? And that, you know, it was a whole like, well, they were there to film for the show, but it was their off. So it's definitely something that like, even the most seasoned reality veterans kind of, I think, grapple with. Yeah. And also it's another, another one of those, um, moments that we've seen quite recently where people have obviously been uncomfortable with what's been 
what's been going on and not wanting to be on camera is obviously Denise Richards mm-hmm. and her famous bravo, bravo, bravo um, <laughs> mm-hmm. proclamations mm-hmm. throughout her like second season and like final season, sadly, of Beverly Hills. Um, yeah, which I'm sad about because I do wish she'd stayed for longer because she was great. We'll, we'll get into Beverly Hills. So I do want to ask yeah. you about that. But <laughs> before, we, before we exit Salt Lake City, obviously the biggest... Mm thing hanging over the season going in was Jen's arrest and how we would see it on the show and then what might happen and I think we've realized that particularly with the trial being where it is like it's going to be a story that will of course rumble on for a lot longer and probably even longer now because the trial has been delayed again yeah well as in delayed for March I think like the summer or something anyway right I'm curious what you made of how the story played out on the show this season and at the reunion and I mean in your piece for iPaper you mentioned the kind of the true crime elements that has seeped into these shows that seems to be hooking audiences in a new way particularly in our cultural climate of scammers galore and every other show yeah isn't that isn't that so fascinating it's something that I had not even considered and then you know pretty much everyone um who's kind of a, a housewives buff that I interviewed for the piece which so that was you included and then there was Brian um and a PhD mm-hmm. um graduate called um Evie Saris who is an American um scholar on housewives basically she she's in communications uh, and you guys all pointed out that um it was like there was such this a huge part of why it had hit the zeitgeist is because the zeitgeist was primed for scammers and there were two alleged scammers um on this series of of real housewives of salt lake city and also then uh curveball um there was the mention of whitney's husband being accused of having a pyramid scheme also on the uh, right. reunion episode and i was like oh my god not this as well <laughs> and he's like kind of obviously been like well that was four years ago or whatever and it's like well sure um and yes so i thought i loved the jen Shah arrest episode um i thought it was really well done i think andy cohen is on like record as saying he thinks it's one of the top five best housewives episodes ever um and that's quite like you know big a big claim that i think it does stand up to because it was so well done and so well edited they obviously from the hysteria that happened as soon as it broke like they knew what they had on their hands because everyone was so interested Mm -hmm. in it and excited about it obviously it's so macabre to say that we were so excited about it but like literally who did who (laughs) didn't who didn't see that news and thought didn't think oh my god we're gonna get an arrest on camera on housewives like um so I was very excited um which makes me a terrible person um but then uh, then at the same time I do think like they were very nuanced about it and I thought that it was right that the show um gave Jen and her husband Sharif like the chance to talk about the fact that their sons were threatened by the police um and they they released the ring footage from their door camera and things like that I think that is like quite important because like you know Jen's sons had nothing to do with what she was being Mm -hmm. um targeted for and things like that and it is just like you know that's an important part of that story too um I think that it is it's obviously like a very strange scenario that you know, the reunion didn't really provide too much clarity on because she can't talk about any of it. However, I did find it interesting that Sharif, um, you know, kind of agreed with the hospital story, the fact that he was, you know, he was, he was ill um, when she first received the phone call, because obviously everyone assumed that what she was hearing was actually a tip off. And it was interesting to hear him corroborate that, like, because obviously Jen's behavior on the show 
make kind of makes her seem not particularly trustworthy because she's kind of talked out of turn in the first season about like Meredith's family and things like that. So, you know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. I think the viewers probably had reason to not believe her, but Sharif kind of doesn't come across that way at all. Um, and so it was quite interesting to hear his side of it. Did you think that? I don't know. It was interesting hearing Sharif and I couldn't tell if Sharif, you know, is smart enough to, to have like, the party line that will make Jen look good Mm. or if he is just a decent guy because he does come off quite well on the show in general. I mean, there was obviously stuff in season one about not being there for Jenna and the death of her. Is her mother? I think it's a father. So I just, I know in season one at times Sharif came off maybe a little bit distant, but I think generally the sense is that he is a decent guy. Mm. And so he is an incredible kind of ally to Jen's cause in terms of her public image because he softens her image in a way. But then... It, it's still something about how she is spinning the wheels around this is really bizarre. And I mean, we're jumping ahead slightly in terms of how they discussed it, but I found it, I genuinely, my jaw dropped when Andy said, well, we're all rooting for you because I was like, I really don't think we all are rooting for Jen. I think we appreciate that she still can be very funny and she's good on camera and we want to see this play out. But like, I'm certainly not thinking, oh, she's innocent. I, I mean, I found that like, given that, he understandably and rightly grilled Eric and mm. Jane at the other reunion for him to be like, yeah, we're all rooting for you. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like maybe it's old school broadcaster me where I'm like, you don't ever show a bias like that. But I was like, are you fucking serious? Who's we? It was, <laughs> I was like, it who was, is we? It was quite strange. <laughs> like it was like, I I did find the tone of it quite strange. Like, I don't know. I thought when Whitney said, I don't know, when he said, just do people think that Jenna's done this? I thought good for her to be honest, because that's like who does know no one can know because we she can't even talk about what the bloody charges are because and they're so complicated that no one understands really also Stuart has pleaded guilty of course and they showed quite what I thought was quite damning footage of of you know the two of them talking about like working together and when she was asked to explain their working relationship I don't really think she did that particularly well yeah and so yeah it was it was strange and confusing and it will I I kind of wonder what role she'll play on the next season really because I don't know is can they like be filming with her when she's on trial like I don't know I don't know I don't know how that'll work I mean I hope they can because I don't know that there would be much more fascinating on TV to be honest but to see someone in the throes of that yeah um but I don't know whether it will be something I don't know like will she be on it I don't know she kind of seemed pretty adamant that she would be you know um during at the end of the reunion but I don't know like it 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 does leave a lot of question marks I think there's a lot of question marks over the next season of Salt Lake City to be honest there is and it's funny because we kind of know just from like them being spotted out and about that they've been back filming Mm. like for good four to six weeks and like Jen is in the mix as a full-time cast member and I would imagine now that the trial has been pushed back she can film like you know random housewives stuff in the way that any of them would like she's more time but like I'm very curious about the third season because I do think I think some of the fans right now are just a bit burnt out from watching for six months and a lot of the it's done gone too far it feels a bit over dramatic but I do think there's something in this idea that like it needs a little bit of a shift next season because what kept happening this year was like as you mentioned earlier people saying one thing and then it being left alone yeah. and then these conversations about stuff that were like what are you talking about? Yeah. Is this happening on a camera? So I think the show needs a little bit of a, j- a rejig in, how, in terms of how they approach stuff. Yeah, I hope they bring in some new people. Like, I think what what needs to happen with it is, like, 
to bring like the fun a bit more like because these women are fun and they're funny to watch like there's no one funnier on on television than Meredith Marks I swear to god like just for the the woman talking it it cracks me up um (laughs) oh oh my god I have to talk about my favorite thing that happened on the whole season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season two um was Meredith um in the final episode before the reunions Meredith doing her um jewelry um photo shoot on behalf of Glad um modeling her like um LGBTQ um charity designs and one of the designs um in Times New Roman rainbow font says LGBTQ rights I'm engaging like the way <laughs> I have been trying to find these like I found I've located them on her website and I will be buying one I've just been paid so best believe that will be on my back on my Instagram very soon um because it's the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life and I had to like I was at a friend's house watching it and I had to honestly pause it because I was like that does not say that it can't say that um yeah she's 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 a comic genius um who should be who should be revered as such um so yeah like I I kind of want them to to bring that sort of vibe out um in them a little bit more and obviously bringing new people in will only kind of spark the drama although I do think Heather and Whitney are trying quite hard to get their friend Angie cast <laughs> um oh, yeah which Sarah Paulson is looking for another yes quite <laughs> um which is which is interesting I, I think that they'll probably resist that because I don't think I think Heather and Whitney are a secure enough unit that they don't really need another yeah. one um I don't think they should be um but I did think Angie was good on her one episode that she did you know she was really um she was really giving it some I liked it so there's rumors that Angie is in the mix again. There are two other women, I believe, that were spotted filming with them, filming with them recently. Mm. And I think, regardless of Jenny and Mary leaving or walking or being fired or whatever, it was. I think it's different in each circumstance. I'm sure they would have probably wanted new faces in Certainly. the mix this season anyway. Yeah. But now they've lost two players. One who I think ultimately wasn't bringing a whole lot anyway, no. and is seeing the consequences of her actions. So I'm like, good riddance. But the other is someone who. I didn't necessarily agree with, but I was riveted by on the show. Completely. So I think they are going to, I think Mary's storyline will actually probably still play out slightly. I mean, there is a hilarious video going around of, of, I think Jen and Heather like filming outside Mary's church, which is now closed. Oh my God, stop. Like, That's okay. so funny. So I think we're going to have Mary adjacent storylines on season three. For goodness but like, sake. <laughs> to not have Mary there is sort of a shame because at times I I found it very hard to watch, but other times I couldn't look away. So we'll see. They have the, they have their work right out for them. Mary Mary would give me whiplash because she would do she would say the most amazing thing followed by the most insulting possible thing that yeah, a person could horrible. think of, right? Um, but yeah. and it would just be like, oh my god, like what what am I kind of dealing with here? It was wild. Um, but. Yeah, I think probably, I, I think I think when we talked for our interview for my piece for the paper, we were kind of talking about that and talking about how it seemed like Mary kind of didn't actually want to be on the show anymore anyway. Um, so I think it mm-hmm. does make sense that she's gone. Jenny, as you say, was not giving a fat lot anyway. Her daughter was better TV than she was, honestly. If like Carlin could stay on the show independently of Jenny, I'd be happy. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, otherwise I obviously especially considering I also think considering the circumstances of Jenny's departure it really casts a different light on a lot of the stuff that had been happening in Jenny's sort of storylines i.e with Mm -hmm. Mary um you know it becomes quite a lot more there's you know there's it leaves quite a bad taste I think um considering considering what she was what she was asked to leave over um and yeah it kind of casts it all in a bit of a different light I think and I'm kind of glad 
that that chapter is over because I don't think I don't think she really like had a place on the show anymore basically yeah I mean god it's so funny because in one way I feel like we're all like I don't want to ever see these Salt Lake City women again but like <laughs> they're already they're already got cameras up I can't so, like, believe it <laughs> we could be we could be back in back in the snows of Utah yeah. before we know it was it, so honest. unnecessary to have as many episodes as they did because there were a few episodes where it felt quite chaotic and out of control where they could have probably out of two episodes they could have probably made one really tight good one um Mm -hmm. but they just obviously had so much footage of people shrieking at each other um that they didn't want to lose any but hopefully they'll have learned their lesson and we'll have a few less episodes next season and that will be kind of better for everyone (laughs) yeah i also think as well i i feel like season two of salt lake city filmed in a weird window where they had a, a big enough group that they could do different things with. They had real life stuff unfolding. And I think in the wider Housewives universe, some shows have been hit harder by yeah. COVID than others. And I do, I did get that impression that like, maybe the network were like, this has to last because this show is going to get us to the spring when Beverly Hills yeah, is back. Exactly. And Atlanta's back with a refresh cast, etc. Like sometimes I think one of the things that the way we watch the shows, we forget that it's part of this big network and they do literally hand you one season of a show it ends and they hand you another yeah. so like i think the, the even the rush to get back filming the salt lake city women is a way to like kind of keep the wo- the wheels going because like new york is on a break an extended break so i don't know i'm 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 in i can't lie i'm ready for whatever they give me next i i mean they could they could say it's on every day and i'll be watching it do you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs> i wouldn't drop it um, it's my it's my favorite um i i just think I I love the others that that I'm into too but my god like I just think Salt Lake City is so strange it just has this element of the the uncanny about it like some of the like Meredith for example and like the way that Lisa sort of presents herself and behaves is is quite odd and yeah like I can't get enough of them really you know how she what who comes out with a line like I love Taco Bell and I love fine dining like you know that's (laughs) who speaks like that it's unbelievable it's just like you know and it's things that they just imprint onto me and I just can't stop saying them for the next four weeks or something like that it's unbelievable so maybe your brain just needs a break I think it does I think I think it does I need I need like to put my brain on ice before we get back to Salt Lake City (laughs) for a while (laughs) and let's discuss a little bit other shows in the franchise obviously you were a fan of Beverly Hills which we mentioned in passing there um I know that you're up to date with kind of recent seasons of that. I'm curious how you think it it stands in contrast to Salt Lake City and 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 what what draws you to Beverly Hills. Oh well, I mean Beverly Hills is is kind of a different proposition to all of the other franchises in the sense that a lot of the time the women on it you'll be familiar with if not themselves and something about their lives. So so for example with Crystal Kung Minkoff, um, we all know who her husband is and things like that. So these are people who you already have a bit of a reference point for, whereas often with the other shows, that won't necessarily be true. Um, or not as much anyway, because obviously the whole point of Beverly Hills is that it's like celebrity adjacent. You know, you'll have Chris Jenner popping up or whatever. It just offers something completely different because obviously also the wealth that you're seeing on TV is just like complete like the the complete pinnacle of housewives of of anything like that so it's kind of great to just tune in to see the houses and like the silly parties mm-hmm. that they throw and stuff like that i love it um i i thought last season was a slight letdown from what from all the promise um with the erica stuff and everything like that it did become a bit boring and there was the same it was the same conversation every episode the same kind of demonization of sutton because she was the only one that would say it. even i'm not the hugest fan of sutton but i did sort of feel like 
you know, everyone is saying these things, but it was the same thing every episode for about, you know, five episodes towards the end. Um, I did think mm-hmm. Erica Jane gave the performance of a lifetime. And for that, you know, love her or hate her. If you're a Housewives fan, I'm sure you enjoyed that. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I, I kind of, mm, yeah, I, I, I thought the season before was much more entertaining because um, obviously that was Denise Richards' last season. Um, and you had her and Lisa Rinner's, oh, you're angry, Denise, you are, final scene, which was, yeah, again, like, is in my, for sure, Hall of Fame. Oof, you're so angry. You're so angry. (laughs) Like, it's just so good. You're so angry, Denise. Um, But, I mean, and Denise had a right to be angry, I'm not going to lie. But, um, Mm -hmm. yes, I didn't think that last season really filled fulfilled the promise but i'm excited to see what happens this year especially because we'll probably be opening with um this storyline about dorit and her home robbery which sounds absolutely terrifying um obviously not that that's like you know again me like being like rubbing my hands together because something awful's happened to someone and i can't wait to see on tv um but i'm sure it'll be an interesting an interesting like thing for them to talk about because obviously you know these women these things do happen influences etc are stolen from and it is kind of an interesting look behind at that you know well it's the thing isn't it because obviously as you say it's not that we're like gleefully awaiting someone suffering but it's a sort of a, a thing we hear about but also part of why people like Jerry get targeted and i'm not in any way saying it was good or bad that it happened but like being on television and showing off your home a lot of celebrities said, oh, it can really put you at risk of Certainly. being targeted. So like, it's sort of a weird fourth wall breaking, mm. like, how are they going to handle this? Like, how how is it going to be dealt with on the show? Because in a way, like, I know famously on Kardashians, they, years ago, in the well, I, I don't know what the case is with the news show that's coming, but in the mm. previous series, famously, they showed exteriors of different houses because they didn't want people to right. know exactly where they lived yeah. and what their houses fully looked like for safety reasons. So like, I think that Dorit storyline is just an interesting conversation. No, it definitely the job is. Of, yeah, the job of being a housewife is to show off, but also that has huge risks. And so like the push and pull of that will be interesting. Really interesting. And also I um, am quite excited for a Dorit-centric uh, storyline because I love Dorit. I, yeah. think, I think she's so good at being on Housewives. She's so silly. She's so camp. She's just so ridiculous at, so often. Um, and I think often is like kind of relegated to a side character where and all her storyline is, is Kyle telling her that she talks too much and it's annoying. Um, even though... Yeah. I say this with great love. Kyle Richards is my favorite ever housewife. Um, And I mean, I'm sure she's everyone's favorite housewife, but I absolutely love her. Um, And, but yeah, Kyle often will be telling Dorit off or like taking the piss out of the fact that she gets glam everywhere and things like that. Even though Kyle's impression of her is really funny. It's also like, I'm glad that Dorit, even though I'm sad that something bad had to happen to her for it to happen. But other than like her famous remodel of Book of the Beppo, um, as I like to call it. <laughs> yes. Gin and Con. So good. Yeah, I am sort of glad to um to see Dorit shine because I, I think she's um she's really, really, really funny. Um and yeah, it'll be good to good to get a bit more bit more of her in there, especially after such I mean, before the whole thing, like I was a big Erica fan as well. I really enjoyed Erica, but obviously everyone's had to sort of reevaluate that I suppose um yeah yeah and um yeah I kind of I think everyone got a bit sick of the Erica show last season by the end so yeah I'm looking forward to to shifting the focus a little bit and I hope they bring someone new in as well I don't know if it's been confirmed that they are they yeah 
there's a lady who's joined called Diane or Diana. There's, I think, um, oh, I think her name is Sierra. She's friends of Garcelle. And it famously, she popped up a few seasons ago as Garcelle's friend slash Will Smith's ex wife. Yes. So she's in the picture. Oh my this God, year. amazing. <laughs> yeah. So oh, there are new people. I'm glad to. Yeah, I feel like Garcelle is often right when she talks about the fact that she doesn't necessarily feel too included or that, that you know, that's, yeah. there's, a, there's a bit of a cadre of the women at the centre, which is essentially like Kyle, Rinna, Dorit, Erica. Yeah. Um, who, They're a click for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that it will be good to like build the group out a little bit and bringing in someone who is like allied with Garcelle is definitely going to be a mm-hmm. really good and an interesting dynamic because... Um, I think Garcelle brings a lot to be honest I, I, sometimes she annoys me yeah. but I do think um, I do think she brings a lot and I hope that again like we get to see a bit of her because I think she's been forced to be quite serious in the last in her in her seasons so far but I do think she's fun and funny so I hope that there's they there's a little bit more of that brought out in her and I hope like her having someone who has already been on the show like introduced as her friend will will do that because I think she's like potentially like really fun to watch yeah, no, I I have a good feeling about this yeah. season, and, and we'll. I mean, it is sort of the crown jewel at the moment, so it's something to look forward to. I I mean, I know you've only watched early seasons, so I guess we can't go into it in great detail. But I actually think I'd love to know about your viewing of New York and the the early seasons you watched because that show, particularly the early seasons, do feel like a time capsule yeah. of, a, of a different era. It, I loved watching it. Um, again, that was one of my uh my big lockdown ones. Um. I mm-hmm. was so sad to know that Jill Zarin isn't in the show anymore, but I also read recently that because they're shaking New York up and they really need to, um, from again, from I, I'm not caught up lately, but I do sort of like keep up with the news on the show and I obviously know about the cast mm-hmm. and things like that. But if they did bring some of those old cast members back, I think that'd be absolutely amazing. Jill was so good on the show. Her relationship with Bethany um, was like something that I loved to see unfolding. And I was actually really upset when... Um, their whole fallout happened um because i i enjoyed them together a lot um and yeah i just love jill's sort of really new yorky um you know really socialite life and so i do hope that comes back and you know she was quite a ridiculous character in terms of like how she decorated her apartment and things like that and her dog and everything and her daughter (laughs) um in the first season she sent her daughter away to she sent her to like weight loss camp or something yeah it's unbelievable please God, I hope that wouldn't be a story. I know, I know. I, anyway, I really don't think it would. would. Show you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a time capsule for you. Exactly, exactly. And there's there's a lot of fun. And also, of course, in the early New York seasons, you've got Alex and Simon. Again, a pair of stars who should be brought back at the quickest opportunity. <laughs> it was so funny. So, so strange and so, so funny. Simon especially. Like, it's, it's, it's really good when one of the husbands is so prominent, I think. Like, it's, I love Marisha on Beverly Hills, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who does? and everyone does everyone fancies him and everyone thinks he's like an absolute doll um so yeah yeah, I love it when the husbands are are prominent um and I thought Simon was so good at it because he he obviously wanted to be a housewife he wanted to be the star um so yeah I love that and and I did look them up and they are I think they're happily still together I think they live in Australia where he's from yeah um which is lovely yeah yeah. and she's like a psychologist yeah I think so she is she has really like it's so funny. She's really left reality TV behind. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like you watch, well, is it kind of up to season three or four? I think yeah, up to season three maybe. Um, and I I can't I I just stopped. I think because things started opening back up 
again, honestly. Um, and <laughs> but, go. I, but when it when it comes back, if they sort of like do revamp the cast, probably I'll like hop back on because like you know, yeah. I've watched Girls Trip. I'm obviously and you know I've watched from the beginning. Yes. I'm obviously familiar with Ramona and Luann and all of that. And I'm also a huge fan of um, Lu- Luann's music career, um, as everyone oh. should be. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, I yes, true. Yes. Um, so yeah, like. I'll definitely hop back on to New York once, because once, I do feel like that it's going to get a bit of a relaunch. And I really hope that they bring some of those early girls back because I love them. Well, the reason I ask kind of about what early season you watch, I'm just curious if you saw any contrast between the early days of a show like New York versus Salt Lake City, which is only two seasons in, but is like such a different beast. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. interestingly, like the things that, that something that I talked about when I was interviewing people for this piece was that obviously New York is one of the earlier ones. And so that is, it feels a bit more like the show itself feels like more novel. Like it's played more for laughs in general. There's not as much Mm -hmm. drama, I think, but something like Beverly Hills, which came a couple of years later. um, I think that the things that are happening on Salt Lake City now, like stand up to the things that happened on the first couple of seasons of Beverly Hills, which were like quite crazy. Obviously even outside of Taylor and Russell Armstrong situation, but you had like Camille Grammer getting a divorce and, you know, quite a lot of the, you know, Kim and Kyle's big bust ups and things that they had, Kim and Kyle and Brandy Glanville's big sort of conflicts that they had. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that happens on Salt Lake City is is as dramatic as that, to be honest. And I think it's quite like mad to see that manifest in 2022 as tastes about reality TV and our knowledge about reality TV, especially here in the UK, has changed. That's quite an interesting perspective to come at Salt Lake City, which is so balls to the wall all the time. Mm, um yeah. it's quite interesting to see that happening even now because for me the ultimate the, the easy comparison for salt lake city is those early seasons of beverly hills mm-hmm. no i think that's a good point okay so the time has come <laughs> i think I, I think you're qualified for this and i think you're going to deliver this this is a scenario you're you're going to be on housewives oh they ask you for a tagline what would your tagline be and why oh my god um okay maybe it would be something to do with the fact that i'm a writer so yeah um maybe it would be like I've heard the rumors, but I'm writing my own story. Oh, that's good. Maybe that's a good one. Oh, that's yes, yeah. I like that. Because, that's a statement of intent. Yeah, it like it alludes to like it alludes to some mystery to the fact that I'm an intriguing <laughs> woman with a storied life, but that I'm now like on my own path on Housewives. So yes, that I think actually I'm quite pleased with that. I think that's a pretty good one. That was very good. I like that. And also, yeah, sometimes someone goes, I'm a writer. So and I'm like, oh God, like we've <laughs> had similar taglines in that vein. So I'm like, I'm glad that you came up with a new twist. Thank you. Thank well. you. The other question I love asking every guest when they come on is this one, you're throwing a dinner party. You can have five people from Housewives at the table. What five people, be they main cast, friends of husbands, whoever, what five people are hanging out with you and why? Oh my God. Okay. So my first one is Kyle because she's my favorite, but the reason she's my favorite um, is because my favorite scenes in Beverly Hills are always the ones where it will be like Kyle is like getting up in the morning and she's talking about the fact that she's hungover or something like that and then it will always be like mm. three hours earlier and it's like Kyle doing the splits on the floor or something <laughs> and there's like no music playing but for some reason her and Marisha are like dancing and maybe like Dorit is also there um because I so yeah I feel like Kyle is a very good time so she would definitely be my choice from Salt Lake City um, I would choose Brooks Marks again because I just find him oh. hysterically funny. Um, 
and I hope that he would gift me a tracksuit um, because I would yes. love my own Brooks Marks tracksuit. Um, I'd probably throw in Whitney Rose just because I think she seems like a good time girl. Like maybe she'd bring the stripper pole along. That would always be fun. Um, I would probably go for... Trying to think of who else I would like to invite from Beverly Hills. Um, maybe I would invite Brandy Glanville because I'm sure you'd then oh. have the, you'd then have quite a lot to talk about afterwards. Yes, um, yes. All these people that I'm that I'm mentioning are kind of like big party animals, except for maybe Brooks. So then maybe my fifth person, I would invite Meredith um, to kind of level things out a little bit. And where, Meredith's a bit of a wine mom, so I think she can go for she can go for a party, <laughs> but she's kind of like bridging the gap between between those those kind of the craziness and the the stoicism so yeah that's very off the top I of love- my head so hopefully that's that's a good mix of people i think it'd be quite chaotic to be honest no i love that mix and i just love you cash you just saying i think meredith is a bit of a wine she mom, is like, she may be <laughs> she fully is <laughs> oh i can just see her being like why not and yeah. like just pouring a glass oh, at like 4 p.m on a tuesday <laughs> literally yeah okay um so you've kind of gone you know you've deep dived into a couple of the big cities and you've got some new york mm. under your belt but in terms of your housewife's journey is there a show you're keen to dive into or maybe go back to or give it my a next one that i'm gonna do so when salt lake is over this is partly because i've heard it's so good and partly because it's the next shortest show um but i'm gonna do potomac um I listened to um, Dr. Wendy on a podcast recently and I thought she sounded so fun and so interesting to watch. And I've I've heard Mm -hmm. people, like the podcasts that I listen to are like very in-housewives world and Potomac is the one that everyone seems to be really excited about. So I'm definitely going to jump into that. And I'm also excited about the upcoming Real Housewives of Dubai. Like I'll be so interested to see what that's like. Um, Yeah, I think that's going to be really, really interesting. So I'm definitely, my housewives diet is developing. My palate is uh, growing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that your housewives palette and before we go as well if people want to check out your work uh, online or whatever where can they find you yes so um, I'm on twitter at hiya lauren h-i-y-a lauren Um, I'm also on staff at the i newspaper freelance all over the place um, guardian rolling stone where else kind of anywhere that'll have me really um but yeah social media wise <laughs> those are some good names yeah though. yeah social media wise <laughs> you're like oh just rolling stone <laughs> the usual i was like okay <laughs> um yeah social media wise twitter is the best place to find me i'm also on instagram yes. same handle okay fine. yeah people want to check out anything do so those links will be in the show notes at uh, lauren i was so thrilled that you reached out to have me in your oh my god you made and... it your line about anna delvey um connor mentioned in the piece that um Anna Del, because we were talking about the scammer of it all. And yes. Connor mentioned that Anna Delvey would definitely be a real housewife and that the Tinder swindler would definitely happen on Housewives. And I think he's right <laughs> about both counts. Um, so you were absolutely great value. So thank you so much for doing it. I really appreciated it. Well, not at all. But I, I just want to say, th- obviously, thank you for having me for that. And it was lovely to return the favor today. So thank of you very course. much for coming no on bother. Housewives and Me. Thank you. That was Lauren O'Neill on Housewives and Me. You can follow Lauren on Twitter and Instagram. Links to that in the show notes of this episode. And I will put a link to the piece she wrote for iPaper as well if you want to read my musings on Salt Lake City Season 2 alongside some other amazing uh, commentators as well. As I mentioned, tomorrow, hopefully, all going to plan, you'll get an extra episode where I chat about the amazing Real Housewives of New York news with the one and only Jen Cannon. Keep an eye out on your podcast feed for that. And of course, on social media, you can find the show at Housewives and Me on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me, it's Connor Bean, on those platforms as well. Do subscribe so you never miss an episode, including your bonus episode this week. 
you're welcome. And of course, we'll have a brand new episode for you next Tuesday as well, as always. So until next time, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.